The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Jonathan Healy in for Pat this morning. Lisa Cannon, TV host, executive producer of Spotlight, is in our Marconi House studio. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Jonathan. I'm here on my own. <laughs> You're on your own there. I'm on my own here. It's It'll work wonderfully. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about an amazing director, um, somebody who is up there as being the pinnacle when it comes to horror direction, uh, Psycho, The Birds, Vertigo. Oh, he, he really was prolific, Albert Hitchcock. Absolutely. I'm so excited to do Hitchcock today because, you know, I've been doing this lot since January. And of course, he is the quintessential brand name director. I mean, he's a testament to both also the silent kind of to swear word longevity of his kind of gift for for what everything is quintessentially film. Um, but he's not top of the list for any reason. It's because he has the sheer brilliance of his craft and kind of the profound darkness of his themes. And you mentioned some of them there, Vertigo, The Birds, Rebecca, Notorious, Dilemma for murder, strangers on a train and the man who knew too much. But I suppose everybody knows that Psycho in 1960 is his most iconic film. You know, the psychological horror thriller known for its famous shower scene and the groundbreaking narrative twists, which he's so famous for. Yeah, absolutely. And he became very good at, at doing that, like reeling us in. I mean, the birds terrified the daylights out of me. Absolutely <laughs> put the fear of God into me when I was a child. Couldn't trust a crow for years. Um, but the one thing that Hitchcock was really good at was inserting himself into all the films. Oh, absolutely. He loved a cameo appearance. And the thing is, you know, Hitchcock, he only passed away, you know, in the 80s. And, you know, obviously he was born in 1899. He was he lived a very long life in Leytonstone in, in Essex in England and the youngest of three kids. And he was born into very modest means, you know, very kind of quiet, of relatively quiet and ordinary environment. His father was a greengrocer and a poultry dealer and his mother was a homemaker. But he had this fascination with storytelling and, of course, horror and suspense. So his his cameo appearance kind of leaned into that, you know, because they range from kind of the more subtle to prominent roles. For instance, like even in Psycho, he, been, he can be seen through a window in the background of a scene and also his physical appearance. I mean, everybody remembers uh, Hitchcock. He carried a lot of weight. This became kind of almost he, a comedic he, element he ex- to him yes, as well. Yes, he accentuated his frame every time he appeared. I mean, the whole thing was him turning sideways in silhouette. That's what I think of when I think of Hitchcock. Oh, absolutely. And he was, when we think of directors like Scorsese and, and you know, obviously Spielberg, they're very much in the forefront of the movies that they make, but there's lots of directors that do not, like David Fincher or, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson. We don't know much about them, but Hitchcock was almost like a star in his own right. He had his own TV series. He was very vocal. We're going to hear some clips from him later just on him on what suspense and mystery mean to him as a, as a director. And he worked with incredible people. He worked with Salvador Dali, you know, the very renowned artist, of course, on a dream sequence in the film Spellbound. So he had this idea of surreal imagery and this artistic style that was very, very unique. And he he loved black comedy. I mean, you see that even in The Trouble with Harry. It's considered one of Hitchcock's kind of lighter films. But the TV series and, of course, many others are really innovative of what Hitchcock pioneered as a filmmaker. Uh, he, He had, and I'm phrasing this as delicately as I can, an obsession uh, with leading ladies, didn't he? Uh, to the point at which he probably wouldn't have been allowed to get away with it, it certainly in the Me Too era. But, uh, you know, the leading lady, uh, I mean, many of them spoke about being a bit uncomfortable on set. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I suppose it definitely leans into the Me Too movement because, um, I mean, obviously at that time that was never there, but I suppose we have to treat this as 
as one would say, complex relationships about women and, of course, the themes of obsession and desire, which were not only recurrent roles and, and elements throughout his own work, but obviously was highlighted much later on that Hitchcock obviously had made many actresses feel uncomfortable and pressured during filming. And one, of course, is Tippi Hendren, who, of course, was the lead actress in The Birds and, of course, Janet Lee then the lead actress in Psycho. So Tippi has gone on record, I mean, not only on The Larry King Show, but on many, many others, um, discussing how it made her extremely uncomfortable and um, it didn't do her career any help. In fact, sadly, you know, this unease affected her ability to perform at her, her best and she was very much linked to Hitchcock in the industry. So a lot of people didn't want to know her after a period of time. And of course, Tippi Hendren, if you do not know Tippi, Tippi's um, daughter is Melanie Griffith, who we would have seen in Working Girl, you know, very famous, of course, and Pacific Heights. And then her granddaughter is Dakota Johnson, famous for, of course, the Fifty Shades of Grey film. So oh, this, I didn't know that. Yeah, so this kind of trio of uh, the golden age of Hollywood started with Tippi and... Um, you know, she was in The Birds in 1963 and then Marnie 1964. But she's mentioned that Hitchcock make all these advances towards her, including attempting to kiss her and touch her inappropriately on set. And she felt not only controlled and manipulated by him, but also the professional consequences was those challenges when she yeah. spoke up about Hitchcock's behaviour, that this refusal of his advances led to kind of difficult working relationships and indeed limited her opportunities in Hollywood. So, yeah, you know. The, the darker side the of darker the band. Side L- let's Hitchcock. listen. Yeah, let's listen to probably his most famous film. But she's harmless. She's as harmless as one of those stuffed birds. I am sorry. I I only felt... It seems she's hurting you. I meant well. People always mean well. They cluck their thick tongues and shake their heads and suggest oh so very delicately. Of course, I've suggested it myself. But I hate to even think about it. She needs me. It's not as if she were a... a maniac... A raving thing. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Haven't you? Yes. Sometimes just one time can be enough. Yeah, it's amazing. If there was only Airbnb back then, she'd have been fine. And she wouldn't have had to stay in Bates Motel. The film itself, we heard a little bit of the, the soundtrack there, but sound played a huge part in Psycho, didn't it? Oh, it did. And of course, we, we were talking about the shower scene. I really wanted to include it, but actually there's no dialogue at all. So I didn't want to scare all the listeners with just... It's just scare, <laughs> scare, scare, scary um, violins. Yeah, it's not great for a Wednesday morning. But that kind of infamous shower scene in Psycho features a stabbing sound, which actually was created by plunging a knife into a melon. He had these incredible chilling ways to affect his audience and a brilliant one as well, which isn't really done anymore. It was maybe done back in the day around Jaws 
his time, but the marketing strategies he had were fantastic. Like, for example, you know, he was adamant that the audiences were not allowed into the theatre once Psycho had started. So this unique marketing campaign where they displayed signs saying no one, but no one will be admitted to the theatre after the start of each performance of Psycho must have been chilling at the time in 1960. Um, and, and I suppose what's unusual is that when you kill off your, your main character, you know, within the first hour, there's oh, Marion spoiler, spo- spoiler there. Oh, well, if you haven't seen Psycho, please go see it. It's an absolute classic. But of course, <laughs> this unexpected twist kind of broke conventions of storytelling at the time. And the editing was very rapid, you know, lots of cuts, short spans of time. It was very disorientating for those viewing it from the audience. But that's what made it absolutely brilliant. There's your element of Hitchcock at his best with suspense yeah. and terror. And I think, you know, obviously it was very difficult at the time because there was a little bit of censorship around it. You know, the depiction of violence mixes with sexuality. Hitchcock had to actually create two versions of the film, one for theatre and then a stricter one for um, other other theatres. So, you know, minimal music in there as well. We, it was composed by Bernard Herrmann and it, it really is, you know, those use of strings makes that, same as with Jaws, just two notes. Doo-dum, doo-dum, you yeah. know, it's that contribution which became integral to the film's impact. And you could, you, it's you, fantastic. You, the people, yeah, anyone listening now can hear it, even though we haven't actually played it. They know exactly what we're talking about. Let's hear Hitchcock himself. There's a great confusion, especially in my particular genre of work. There's a great confusion between the words mystery and suspense. And the two things are absolutely miles apart. You see, mystery is an intellectual process, like in a whodunit. But suspense is essentially an emotional process. Therefore, you can only get the suspense element going by giving the audience information. And I dare say you've seen many films which have mysterious goings on. You don't know what's going, why the man is doing this, why that. And you're about a third of the way through the film before you realize what it's all about. And to me, that's completely wasted footage because there's no emotion to it. I love the way he's very Churchillian in how he speaks for some reason. And you can only imagine that that never changed when he was on set. It was bombast and, you know, you're a stupid person. Listen to me. You were telling me earlier in The Birds, which I still have nightmares over, did they attach live birds to some of the actors for dramatic effect? They did, yeah. So, I mean, I don't like birds either. I mean, they're nice to look at, but I certainly wouldn't want them, you know, connected to me. So there was a combination of real birds, mechanical birds and animated birds to create those visual effects of the attacks. And they were trained by a renowned, kind of renowned animal trainer at the time called Ray Berwick. But, you know, it was... This was Tippi Hedren's debut, you know, and it marked her her launch into a leading lady category. And he, of course, discovered her in a TV commercial and cast her then as the film's protagonist, Melanie Daniels. But she said, quote, from the Larry King interview that she had nightmares for years afterwards, um, even though she could handle the elements of the birds. I think if you have any kind of a fear, um, <laughs> that would be one. And I, tell, I, yeah. I, couldn't go, I couldn't go into a phone box for years, Lisa. I swear to God, it, it put that much fear into me. It's been a pleasure. Lisa Cannon. Uh, TV host, executive Thank producer you. of Spotlight. Thank Thanks you, for talking to us through Alfred Hitchcock. And Lars on Twitter says, great story about Hitchcock when he was young and very naughty. His father sent him to the local police station and got them to lock him up in a cell for a few hours. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.